0: we will dive into some of our theories Theory corner we're so excited for theory corner so it's probably going to be the one of the last ones we do for the year
1: yeah i mean because i mean we
0: might do it for kingdom of the wicked but we're doing there's only two three books in that series so
1: yeah i think this one's so easy to like theorize about because it's it's a bunch of interconnected series so it's like it's hard to like to justify theorizing about a bunch of things when it's like okay there's three books in the series and they're all out like what are you going to theorize it's already written but this one we are
0: eventually going to do thrown a glass but (laughs) it probably won't be till next year
1: (laughs) there's just so many of them 2024 is your thrown a glass yeah absolutely um we'll kick off the year with them again like we always do with these it'll be our little sarah sarah january mass if you will Yes. does the j stand for january no it doesn't it does now um so what do you have first on your list that of things you want to discuss so the first thing that
0: i'd like to discuss is
1: the Asteri, but also the Asteri's wild hunt okay um,
0: which we don't know if it's exactly the Asteri's wild hunt because it was actually first mentioned in A Court of Silver Flames
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: that the Daglin had a wild hunt. So I'll start with the Asteria first. Um, they have been mentioned multiple times in the Akutar series, the first time actually being in A Court of Mist and Fury. So when Resand first got the Book of Breathings, he needed Amrin to decode it because it was written in an ancient language that no one understood and so he said i heard a legend that it was written in the tongue of mighty beating beings who feared the cauldron's power and made the book to combat it mighty beings who were there and then vanished and you're the only one who can read it so i do still think that amrin is somehow interconnected with the Also, I read this passage last time, but it's from A Court of Silver Flames when Rhysand is talking about the Daglin, So he says, the fae were not the first masters of this world. According to our oldest legends, most now forgotten, we were created by beings who were near gods and monsters. The Daglin they ruled for millennia and enslaved us and the humans. They were petty and cruel and drank the magic of the land like wine. So obviously, that's the hysteria. Yeah. But And then he talks about Fion, who had the sword Gwydion, and how Fion was slain by his queen and their high general, and, like, they fled and took all this stuff with them, which I'm assuming is the star sword.
1: But Farrah even says at the end, she says Gwydion. Yes. Um, at the end of Sky and Breath.
0: Yeah, so, obviously, the star sword is Gwydion, mm-hmm. and it has the matching dagger that belongs to Asriel. But Farrah asks, does Amron remember this? And Rhys shakes his head and says, only vaguely now, from what I've gleaned, she arrived during those years before Fionn and Gwydion rose and went into the prison during the Age of Legends, the time when this land was full of heroic figures who were keen to hunt down the last members of the former master's race. They feared Amran, believing her one of their enemies and threw her into the prison. Mm. So it lines up that Amran arrived probably around the same time as the Asteri yeah I don't think I don't know if she is one of them I think maybe she was one of the wild hunt because do you remember her saying she worked for a very powerful
1: master yes because like I at first thought she was also starry, but it doesn't make sense with what she told Farrah of her history like she was a soldier <laughs> for a master that was more powerful more powerful right. Well, they think she was one of
0: the members of the hunt. So then Cassian later asks, you still haven't explained the wild hunt. And so Reese says, the Daglan delighted in terrorizing the Fae and humans under their control. The wild hunt was a way to keep us all in line. They'd gather a host of their finest, most merciless warriors and grant them free reign to kill as they please. The Dagla possessed mighty beasts, or mighty monstrous beasts, hounds they called them, though they didn't look like the hounds we know. They used to run prey to the ground before they tortured and killed them. It's a terrible history, and much of it might be elaborated myths. So Lanthus, who was in the prison with Amran was one of the members of the Wild Hunt and he talks about a time when the Wild Hunt was allowed to reign free Um and he basically wanted to like restore it to what it was when Nesta was like facing him down and he saw her death sword. So I think maybe Amran is also a member of the Wild Hunt but I also think maybe the Underking might be what is essentially like their current day wild hunt um, because he does report to the Asteri and he also has the shepherds which look very very similar to the beasts that are in the night court Mm -hmm. Um, and he basically uses that to round up the souls who don't want to cross through the death gate and give their second light to the Asteri Mm -hmm. Um, and he also lives off of that second light so I don't think he is Asteri but I do think he is obviously in cahoots with them. No, that makes sense. But what also reminded me of the Under King was the other death gods that are in Akatar. And so he sounds a lot like um the bone carver, Kosche, and the Striga. because if you remember the bone carver, he was describing his sister and how she devoured the um essence of people to keep herself young and youthful. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if she was one of the original Asteri or if she was, like, part of the hunt or not, but I think they're related to that as well.
1: That is interesting because, like, the Striga, like, they basically, they didn't put her in the prison because instead, like, they put her in her little, like, cottage or whatever in, like, the middle. Mm -hmm. And they were like, okay, but you can't leave here. (laughs) So it is kind of weird, too, because it's almost like she was given a little bit of a special treatment hmm In that way.
0: So maybe so, she, like,
1: assisted when they were initially fighting
0: the Asteri? Maybe.
1: Like, maybe I they not like, okay, but you can't run amok.
0: It just seemed like they were way too similar for there not to be, like, a connection.
1: Yeah. And it's, like, in that same way. Well, and I mean, this is a different planet as well. But, like, the Underking kind of has, like, his own realm as well. Like, he mm-hmm. doesn't really leave there. And, like, whenever he did leave, it was actually just, like, a projection of him.
0: Well, the Bone Carver has his own little realm underneath Mm -hmm. the prison, too. And so I'm wondering when the Asteri were first there and they left, if the Bone Carver chose to stay because he knew it was, like, safer there. Yeah. And he didn't have to deal with his siblings who were members of the hunt. I don't know. But that's just what it reminded me of. Um, Also... Um, The Asteri have, like, all of their, like, different pictures of, like, the universes and stuff, and in A Court of Silver Flames, Nesta mentions that um, there's 26 strings on the harp, and there's 26 different dimensions that it can travel to, so I'm assuming that's how many there are that the Asteri can go through. Um, I don't know if that's, I mean, I'm sure it will make a difference later on, but I think the Wild Hunt... Will probably make a bigger reappearance if and when they do fight the Asteri. But I think there are former members that are in the prison that are also still on Prithian. Maybe even, um, what is that? Uh, what is the thing that Cassian was afraid of that was under the library?
1: Oh, uh, I can't remember its name. Karaxis? No. Briaxis. Briaxis. Yeah.
0: So, I think those are all creatures, like, left over from when the Asteri were first there.
1: Okay. No, that makes sense to me. I do remember all of that now. Um, Also, have you gotten to the part of Throne of Glass where they talk about runes? No. I'm only, um, I haven't read any more of it since I read Sky and Breath yesterday, but Mm -hmm. the last thing that happened, uh, was... They should have already talked about it, because Nahemia used
0: runes during her trial to become the assassin for the king word marks yeah okay they haven't yeah they're runes. runes oh
1: okay. yeah they're like the word marks like our different like symbols and stuff yeah so so far they've only referred to them as word marks but
0: well so when they <clears throat> were visiting the under king it said that there were marble and granite obelisks that rose like thick spears inscribed not with names but with strange symbols Mm-hmm. And that reminded me of, like, the word marks. Word marks,
1: yeah. And the word marks are what give you, like, the ability to, um, in Throne of Glass, give you the ability to open the gates, basically, mm-hmm. and summon things through them. So,
0: some of the connections that I made between um, what is Midgard compared to, like, Prithian and Aurelia, which is the world in Throne of Glass, Um The very beginning of the book gives away a lot of, I think, important information. So we're looking at like the statues at the beginning. Um, So we see the statue of a male with an anvil striking a sword with lightning in the sky. So I think either this is a depiction of Gwydion being crafted uh, because it is written in the language of the Old Fae titled making of the swords that is like the first fey language so obviously it had to originate in prithian um so it's either like alluding to like hunt's involvement with bryce which it most certainly could be or it's giving us a hint at like who was like creating the sword so that could have also been fion Mm mm-hmm in Port of silver flames or it also reminded me of when cassian was telling the story of like why romeo is like the sacred mountain to the illyrians and how he was fighting off like a great army at the beginning of their history and like he basically laid down his life like at the top of the mountain and that became like the legend of like why they had to reach the top of romeo Like, the depiction of that guy kind of reminded me of him. So, I don't know if that's a connection either. Then, on page 32, this is the one I thought was really interesting. It talks about an armored figure with a helmet atop a pegasus. So, my very first initial reaction was to think Helion. Mm -hmm. Because he is always seen riding a pegasus when he comes to, like, the night court. And, like, he has, like, the last pegasi in the world. However... The pegasi actually originated from the island that the prison is on. And so because that's now where the prison sits and it's guarded by wards, the pegasi can't live there. And we think that the island that the prison sits on is also the dust court. And so that could be a warrior from the dust court.
1: Like it could be one of the... so stupid right now because i literally just realized something what <laughs> um, and it has to do with like the isle of dusk that's talked about in sky and breath oh that's yeah right? like at the dusk. very end yeah um, like, like, oh my god i'm so good so okay
0: at the very end yeah um uh rigelus says not your kind of fae, of course. Your breed dwelled in a lovely verdant land rich with magic. And while the mainland had all manners of climes, the isle existed in a beautiful near permanent twilight off the coast. hmm That's the Which plot. is where the prison is. Because at first I was like, oh, my God, is it Highburn? <laughs> well, because that's also an isle. But... I think it's the prison. Because that's what uh, Rhysand always hinted at, real. too. Because he's like... Yeah, some say this could have even been like an eighth chord at one point in time. And it's like, oh,
1: well, yeah, that's got to be it. And, of course, Dusk is missing from, like, we have Dawn, we have Day, we have Night. We don't have Dusk. Right. That is the eighth chord. Well, and so I also maybe thought it had been Hibern at first
0: because Cormac mentions his cousins who um, are twins who have DeMati powers. Okay, hold on. Let me pull up a map. You keep talking. Because Rune also mentions that he has um, cousins who are able to enter in other people's minds and, like, basically cast images and stuff. Um, And so I was like, oh, man, like, maybe it is burn. Like, I'm really not sure. Um, And then, like, when the knife and sword are united, so shall our people be? Obviously, that is talking about the Star Sword and... Truth Teller, which is the knife that Asriel has. I think that is obviously why Sarah J. Mass had him pick up Bryce initially. I was like, uh, duh, because he recognized the sword the yeah. second he saw it. And I was like, okay, well, that makes sense. That tracks certainly. Oh, this is the one that I thought was very interesting. So on page 267, Bryce asks if the gods from their home planet came with them or stayed where they are. Um, And this is what the under king said about Erd. He said, from a time when Erd was not a goddess, but a force winding between worlds, she was a vat of life, a mother to all, a secret language of the universe. They worshipped her then. So it reminded me a lot of the cauldron and the mother. Yes. And then when Nesta is in the prison lanthus asks her whose fire do you contain in you and i think it's like whatever Erd is um or like whatever the mother is that's what she like stole from the Ooh. cauldron.
1: because like also like okay so the mother built the cauldron or whatever but like mm-hmm. can't she also like take it away And like Nesta is like a death goddess. Mm -hmm. So it's like, can't she also take things away, basically? So I don't know if she's supposed
0: to be like the personification of it or what. But I think Erd and the mother of the cauldron are the same thing. And so I think that, yes, the gods do overlap each other. They're just maybe called different things for different planets.
1: Yeah, and especially Um, because of how much the language changed because like bryce you know is fluent in the old fae language as well mm-hmm. which amarin was able to converse with her in but amarin even tells her she's like we that hasn't been spoken here for f- over fifteen thousand years
0: well and so then i did like a little more connection on that and the same thing kind of happens in Throne of Glass too, which I think you've already heard mention of Diana, like the goddess of the hunt
1: or the moon.
0: Yes. Um, she like
1: gave her Luna the. Luna gave her the blessing.
0: Yes. So Diana and Luna are the same person. I think they're both based off of the goddess Artemis. And mm-hmm. um, So Diana is the goddess of hunting maidenhood and the moon. Luna is also the goddess of hunting the maidens and the moon. Yeah. Um, they both. Symbolize like their symbols are the golden arrow and they're used as like guidance basically to some of our main characters yeah and so I think they're the same I think Mala Firebringer who is talked about a little bit in Throne of Glass is the same person as Erd or the cauldron so I think it all just like overlaps each other
1: yeah like they have the same like traditions but they're just getting changed as exactly as they like make their new worlds like things are just being Mm -hmm. translated into different languages basically
0: yep before i go into
1: like more about the desk court and stuff what have you got pulled up here for us well this actually would relate to the desk court so we can jump right in but i mean (laughs) the reason why i've brought this map to you is because so the isle of dusk so you were talking about like how Cormac's cousins, they're twins that are also Daimatis. So it's like, well, they could share lineage with Highburn. So what if when the prison, like, took over the Isle of Dusk and like the Eighth Court basically got eliminated because, you know, Theon was killed, betrayed. Mm-hmm. What if the remaining descendants who didn't cross over, with what's their name? Thea, mm-hmm. um, what if the remaining Faye that didn't cross over with them just didn't have anywhere else to go? So they, they migrated just, to Highborne. Yeah, they literally just migrated because, oh. like, all of these courts would have been established already. Because right. it says, like, all of the you know at that point, if there were eight courts, that means the other seven were already established. So what if there was nowhere for them to go except for this uncharted, uncontrasting. Yeah, because um, we don't know a ton about the King of Highburns, like, past. Yeah, and it's like, that's not considered a court. <laughs> well, and
0: if you remember,
1: the High King, it event, like, he was killed or
0: whatever, and it dissolved into the eight Court. So the High King was still there whenever Thea crossed over to... Um, what is now Midgard with, like, Peleus and Helena and her other daughter. However, her other daughter disappeared. They don't know where she went, so I'll talk about her. So, I don't know.
1: It definitely could be. Yeah, because, like, it doesn't seem like there's any history stating that there was any court there necessarily. Like, it just kind of seems like a hibern just kind of popped up later in history.
0: Yeah, well, also, like, this is the part where it gets a little confusing. So, like, the Asteri show up, or the Daglan show up, right? And under a unified front, which is Fionn and Gwydion, because he was the high king and everything was under him, so it was a unified army under Mm Fionn, defeated the Asteri, which they even say didn't... So when they were talking about, like, the the planet Ifraxia... Um, they said the denizens learned of our methods too quickly and we lost many to their unified front so we evacuated. But later on they said um, they returned and they did not see the old enemy who offered a hand through space and time. So they opened the rift and that is when Thea and Peleus and her two daughters came through the rift. So it was a long time after Theon had already conquered the Asteri and had set up, like, the High whatever, and he was still the High King when they he was slaughtered, and then they broke up into the Eight Courts. Yeah. And that makes sense, because whenever you think of a valen, the valens have
1: a High King still. Yeah, that's true. Because and it's, so- like, their their traditional old ways. hmm And so they said that
0: the Dusk Court was, like, a mistrouded isle, right? And Whenever they're talking about a Valin, um, it says, even the Asteri cannot pierce the mist without permission to do so. So old is the magic that guards it. Yeah. Um, which
1: sounds a lot like the same magic that guards Valaris. It does. Cause that's kind of, yeah. It just kind of like hides it from sight, basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did mention, like, I didn't catch that the first read through. Like, it didn't stick, certainly. Mm -hmm. Um, Whenever he was like, even the Asteri can't reach them there. I was like, oh. So it's like a whole Wild (laughs) West
0: out there. They're doing what they want to in a valid.
1: Yeah, which is interesting.
0: And also, like, he also said the star will lead us back to that world um, because they want to go back to Prithian because... The land there is self like full of magic, which makes mm-hmm. sense. Why the people who there are there now are not full of magic because they relied on the land, like we said last time. Yeah, and and it's like what- not
1: only do they not have their magical land in their realm of Midgard, but the Asteria are also actively draining their land of magic. Exactly. So it's like a a double <laughs> a double
0: whammy. And that's exactly <clears throat> how Rysan described the Daglin that they drank from their land like fine wine. Because Mm -hmm. it's so full of magic. And so I think that's why Bryce landed in Prithian instead of hell. Because the star was guiding her back home.
1: Yes. For sure. That totally makes sense to me. Because, like, she thought that she needed to go to hell. But I think that her power kind of, like, directs her. Like, it doesn't go based on, like, what she wants. Mm -hmm. Like, she always is accidentally teleporting or, you know... And so that's kind of why I was talking about when we were just like theorizing and hoping that Cormac was still alive. I wonder if like her power would just take him anyway, just because it would just be like, we need that guy. Like it's doing everything for her. Right.
0: But the last thing is, it's actually from a court of silver flames. Nesta mentioned seeing a fourth trove item but it was mostly hidden from her, but all she could make out was a bit of bone. And so I think that was Luna's horn. That was one Mm. of the trove items. And so that's going to complete the dread trove. And Bryce is now back in Prithian. And last we know, Koste had taken some of those trove items. And so Koste is what I think is one of the, um, wild hunt members for the Asteri and so I think it's all gonna come like full circle oh. or he is an Asteri I don't actually know but I do think the horn is the last trove item
1: and I so see.
0: I think that's the horn and if you'll remember like it it had talked about like like people being trapped in the walls and stuff there mm-hmm. and so I don't know at what point in time the prison became the prison but I think with the removal of the horn, it threw everything out of whack. And so the heart somehow closed off the court to what it is now. And so all of the people of their court were trapped within the walls. God, that's horrifying. Which is terrible.
1: That's or like when the, the
0: oh, actually, or the Asteria <laughs> may have opened that rift. And when they closed it, like it was basically like shutting a wall Mm-hmm. And so, like, people couldn't get, like, their children through the rift when it was open. Like, they were trying to, like, cross over. I don't know. I'm interested to see about that as well.
1: Imagine how horrifying that truth would be if they've been trapped in the wall for that long. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. But
0: I do think that kind of completes the full circle there. Obviously, I think Nest is able to handle the trove items because she is from the dust court. Mm-hmm. Um same with the Archerons. Um yeah. I'm kind of jumping around here, but I think that like in terms of their lineage, it kind of falls under Cormic stuff. But whenever they talked about Thea's daughters and they said one of them escaped, I think one of them was able to stay in Prithian and that they fled, and that's what started Pharaoh's like line. Mm. because like they fled they to the said, mortal lands because mm-hmm. they're obviously
1: descended from Fae yeah but that and would I explain... mean they could have fled to like the main continent too yeah for sure and like because especially because um Faera's family also like had wealth up until like they were <laughs> literally mm-hmm. every, everything was stolen from them so it's like at one point they could have migrated over to like right but that
0: would maybe explain how like the power kept going through the archer on side, but mm-hmm. then night held night haired Helena, she's also starboard, but she sounds so much like Resand and Rune. Yeah. And so I'm confused how that line started. Because like when you think about Cormac and Rune, um, Bryce commented on how their shadows looked different. And I think that's because Cormac is from the Dusk Court and Rune is from, like, primarily the Night Court.
1: No, that makes sense to me. And I think, like, as far as, like, how their lineage would have started is, like, when people from the Dusk Court, like, crossed over, like, they would have been, like, geographically, they would have been very close to the Night Court. Right. Potentially, there could have been just, like, other allies, like, from... That originated from the autumn court Mm -hmm. like who's to say that they didn't because like even um in the akatar books like people from other courts live like reside in other courts like alice hailed from the summer court originally Mm -hmm. um obviously lucian hailed from the autumn court originally so like i don't think like just because you were from a certain lineage that you wouldn't geographically be in a different location right so potentially like two by two they all just kind of went through the rift and they were like we need one of every kind the thing that
0: stumps me the most mm-hmm. though is that i really thought rune was somehow like a descendant of Resand, but i think rune and Resand are both descendants of the same person which is helena
1: Yes, I think that they are descended from Helena rather than, like, directly related to each other. Yes. Um, Which kind of shatters my next idea.
0: Because, like, when Cormac was described as having blonde hair and chocolate eyes, it sounded a lot like Elaine. It does. But that could just be
1: because they're families. Like, they're related. From the Dusk Court. Like, Cormac is Mm -hmm. from the Dusk Court as well, so... Yeah. Because and that's the always talk earlier. about how
0: Elaine has different features than Nesta in Mm-hmm. And I wonder if it's because she looks more like members of the Dusk Court. Yeah. But Nesta has the tattoo. So I don't know.
1: Well, I mean, regardless, they would, they still share the same lineage, like, regardless of what physical features. But Nesta's
0: the oldest. I would assume, like, if anyone is in line for... Because if they are descended from Thea's other daughter, then they are in line for the court, basically. Because yeah. Thea would have been married to
1: Fion. I think Nesta's about to become a high lady. A I don't know. Queen. I don't know. But, but now we like also Bryce have Bryce. Is to... Yeah. descended from the dust court. But then, obviously, like... The Autumn King, her father, must have some Autumn Court lineage as well, right? Which those rest of be like High Queen?
0: I don't know. With because like, she has so many. Which lineage. we don't know anything about Azriel's lineage-, lineage either, because he also has the powers of the shadows. Yeah, and so so does Rune, and so does Cormac, which was a starborn gift, and so. Asriel, obviously, is also possibly of the Starborn lineage, so his family may have also been from the Dusk Court. This is turning my brain to soup. Which, Romiel is close to, like, it's in the Illyrian Steps, which if you look at where the prison is, it's
1: located smack dab in between the Illyrian Steps and the Night Court. In the Night Court, yeah. It's literally just a little island right in the middle.
0: So, Asriel's about to be
1: important. He's about to be super important. Especially because he's wielding the dagger.
0: Yeah. And the shadows. And no one else has that gift. Probably
1: because there's not a lot of people left from the dust court. From the dust court, yeah. So, it's like these... Oh! These um starborn powers. And it's funny because, like, you think Resand, like, would have, like, starborn... You know, because, like, he has stars in his eyes and stuff. But mm-hmm. I think, like, he does... Obviously, he has some starboard lineage because of Helena. Helena. But I think, like, the the true, like, starborn abilities are more from the dust Court itself. Yeah. Because...
0: It was said that Thea's other daughter didn't have any starborn abilities, but just because
1: she didn't doesn't mean- Doesn't mean it wouldn't Her offspring up. wouldn't. Because, like, even Rune, he barely has any, whereas Bryce has a lot. ton. She has <laughs> Thea's light. Yeah. And so... they also talked about there's different starborn powers, because, like, Thea's starborn power is different from Peleus's. Mm-hmm. wild. Wild. It I mean it definitely is all connected. I do
0: think that Azriel is probably from the desk like his father, they don't know who is well, they know whose father is though. Yeah, because he was like He was an Illyrian commander. Maybe he how did he get Truth Teller?
1: Let's see if I can just like get Does that. it ever say? We don't know, apparently. How he got it? Yeah, there's no mention where he got it from. So that's sus. Okay, somebody has a theory though. Hold on, I'm about to click it. Ooh, okay. I uh, hey, I'm about to read this to y'all. So this is a Tumblr post. It is Tumblr's by. I I guess is this just the blog name? I believe the blog name is Bat Boys and Archeron Girls. Probably. Okay. So. Kaylin doesn't Tumblr. I don't Tumblr. I'm sorry. Um, the title of this post, I love it. Is the Illyrians of, a crack theory? <laughs> So the theory in summary is that the Illyrians are originally demons from hell that Aedas or Apollyon, maybe even Theus, yes, with Thea's second daughter through the rift to protect her and truth Teller. So Thea's second daughter in House of Sky and Breath, we again learned that Thea and Fionn had two daughters, Helena and a second daughter. While Helena was forced to wed Peleus and remain in Midgard, no one knows what happened to her second daughter. Indeed, Aedas says that she disappeared into the night and he never learned of her fate. So, oh, and then they put asterisks and said the real Aedas, of course, may know where Thea's second daughter is because that was Rigelis. Right. So they said the Star Sword had a twin without which the Star Sword does not have all of its powers. As far as the history books show, Gwydion's twin was lost sometime during the first wars. We also learn in House of Sky and Breath that the Star Sword is Gwydion. And that his twin is Truth Teller, which is in Prithian.
0: What if Thea's daughter took the
1: dagger back? Is she that what they're have. trying to get at? Well, let me see. So this says <laughs> My best guess is that Thea's second daughter took Truth Teller through the okay. rift to keep Peleus from being able to use it, which makes sense. She wouldn't want Peleus to have both. Yeah. Because that makes them more powerful. Um, so. It says, originally, I wondered if she stole it from him after he killed her mother, but this passage gives me pause. And the passage says, so that star will lead us back to our world through you. They overthrew our brethren who once ruled there. We have not forgotten. Our initial attempt at revenge was foiled by your ancestor, who also bore that star on her chest. The Fae have still not atoned for the deaths of our brothers and sisters. Their home world was rich in magic. I crave more of it. Um. So, this does say, was it Thea before Peleus slew her, or was it Helena after Thea died? Which one had a scar like Bryce? Is what it if was, it was? Oh, what if it was the other daughter? Is that what you're going to say? Well, that
0: doesn't make sense if Bryce ends up with it.
1: Yeah, especially since the other daughter didn't have the Starborn.
0: Well, and Helena or, is the one who would have been in a Valin. And yeah. it said that the Autumn King's lineage mixed with that lineage at some point in time, so that's probably why Bryce ended up with it.
1: Yes, yes, that makes sense. But Helena's
0: other, uh, Thea's other daughter took, so maybe that's
1: where Rhysand's lineage comes from. Maybe um, this is their. I think their final conclusion is that they oh, think that makes sense. Yeah, so they think Thea and Fionn's second daughter fled through the rift with Truth Teller returning it to Prithian. And I don't think she went alone. The Illyrians are hell demons. Yes, because in the statues at the beginning of the book,
0: it showed what she thought were demons with leathery bat wings. Yes, and this
1: is here. That- whenever you she saw Azriel,
0: I know when she saw Azriel for the first time, she thought he was a demon because of his wings. Yes. So that Um, makes sense.
1: She's quoting whenever they're in the the CCB's like hall looking at the art and she's talking with Ember and it says um, the depiction of an army of winged demons swooping down from the skies. And yeah, so it's like Bryce remembers the leathery wings of the demons she killed in House of Earth and Blood. Um, And so that's why she thinks that it's Mm -hmm. that Asriel is a demon.
0: So that would make so much sense, because if if Theo's second daughter took Truth Tiller back with those demons, those are what established the Illyrians. Mm -hmm. And then if that is Rhysand's lineage, then the dagger somehow ended up with his family, and Asriel used to work for his father as his spy master, So I bet he got the dagger from Rhysand's father.
1: Yeah, probably. I wonder if she says anything else about the dagger itself. Okay, so if Asriel descends from Thea and Fion, they're his bloodline's weapons too. And if Azrael has one of them, he's he's had it for centuries. Did it choose him? Is that how he found it? Was he drawn to it? Um... Oh yeah, I bet that's 100% what it is. <laughs> the in conclusion, they say, also regardless of when the Illyrians got to Perthian or why, I am officially convinced that they are demons from hell and the questions are why they are why they came, when they came, and why they're still here. So, I mean, as to why they're still here, I think they were just like, why not? But, yeah. Well,
0: I mean, that timing lines up because...
1: Oh, the Tumblr is silver-lined eye. Sorry.
0: During the first war, so, like, what was initially in Prithian and then the second attempts at taking them, so what was Romeo, they had that guy who fought against... What I'm assuming is the Daglin
1: mm-hmm.
0: and like died on top of the mountain after defeating that host. And so I think that's where the initial lore came from. Yeah. And so, what if that was actually like one of the demons from hell or one of whatever that died on top of it? And so that just became like a Lyrian legend that it was an Lyrian warrior.
1: I don't know. I mean- yeah, because like it well, and it would be like one of their ancestors. So yeah. I don't I like that, that theory though about Thea's second daughter. Yeah. I bet yeah, that
0: makes total sense that she's and I think that was like the missing piece that we were trying to And find. that would make sense why the rest of the dust court is showing up in Midgard instead of Prithian.
1: Yes. Because they were
0: all like Yeah. They all followed. But the thing is also Thaia's what second if second daughter like, just went back. What if like Rhysand just has similar powers because of his lineage? Because he has powers they've never seen in the night court before. Yeah. Like he's the greatest High Lord of all time because he has such unique gifts, which I'm sure he got from Thea's second daughter.
1: Yeah. Which also, okay, so like and his mother is an Illyrian, and we're saying that Illyrians are originally from hell. Right. But like if they came back over with Thea's second daughter, who's to say that Thea Thea's second daughter didn't then mate with an Illyrian. Exactly. And so it's like all of that, if they haven't seen those powers in the night court before, maybe it's because like it's all of Reese's powers It's on the Illyrian side. His, yeah, his Illyrian flash oh, original Which would make sense why
0: Azrael also has it. Yes so they're they're
1: kind of like brothers oh cute i love that (laughs) okay yeah i'm gonna go with that i love it i love it too i love it i love it i i'm sorry i just saw one more theory and i just want to share okay so this person said um this is and that's that on reddit they said, I've been thinking that the Daglan created the Illyrians because one of Rygilus' lines is that our people who built fearsome warriors in the world to be their army, all of them prototypes for the angels in this one. But then they also said, But oh. I forgot about the Seraphim. Yeah. So I that's think what that the I think. fits
0: better. But Rygilis also doesn't say where the Malachim come from. Like he mentions yes. everyone else except for them.
1: Yeah, but they do claim that the Asteri created angels.
0: Oh, okay. They
1: like in the first book. So they maybe they did that. base
0: them off of the, the Seraphim. Seraphim. Yeah. They could have. Because Miriam's no. I mean, that was the first war, so that was before Miriam and Draken even started the island. So I'm sure the Seraphim were there.
1: Oh yeah, I'm sure. But it's like also the Asteri mm-hmm. could be full of shit true hunts (laughs) different so yeah like hunt obviously he has like he has angel lineage but clearly he's different because like he even talks about his his feathers are gray he has these lightning powers Mm -hmm. like nobody else has these lightning powers like he's just not an angel in the way that the other malachim are
0: Like it said, Hunt was the heart of a storm personified, which I was like, oh, maybe Thur. But -hmm. then it's like a crown of lightning wrapped around Hunt's head, like a crown making Hunt an anointed primal god. And then, but then it also says Orion was bred to be receptive to our kin. Why do you think he was so adept at hunting us? So if that was from Apollyon. Mm -hmm. So if he, if. They are descended from the Illyrians. That would make sense. Mm-hmm. Because they're it's... from hell. Yeah. That's why he's receptive to their kin. I don't know.
1: I don't know either. And then Mordoc and says that. It's confusing too because it's like they bred him. But then it's like whoever his father is, like based on Jezeba and Adis's conversation, it seems like it would be someone of like a higher standing or at least like a can that had more power maybe Mm -hmm. is a better way to phrase it and so like what if his hunt's dad is actually i can only
0: assume (laughs) danica had something called project thur because hunt is a descendant of Thur because she can sniff out bloodlines right and she's seen the umbra mortis I'm sure through like auxiliary stuff and so she probably scented it and so they didn't really talk about what project Thur even was
1: no and so I haven't figured it out and so I bet it's Hunt's lineage and like all of the artwork of Thur they're like wow that looks like Hunt (laughs) what
0: if he is Thur like a reincarnation
1: of Thur oh my god
0: he Stop. might be. <laughs> I don't I don't care. I don't care about Hunt. I don't care. <laughs> Moving on. So we already talked about Cormac. Um, one thing that was weird about Cormac though is that they referenced, I don't they never brought it up again either, that he had a tattoo of strange symbols encircled on his biceps.
1: Mm-hmm. And I was They're like, hmm,
0: I wonder if it's either word marks or if it's like part of the illyrian tattoos oh because it also said that uh, the avalon males were born and bred for like war from a very very young age just like the illyrians were hmm. just a thought I did want to touch briefly on the relationship comparison between hunt and Bryce and Bryce and Aiffs because Bryce and Adis, like, I didn't notice it before, but it's, like, a very weird dynamic between the two. Um, Obviously, because Bryce reminds Adis of Thea, based off of what Rigelis said mm-hmm. and what Apollyon said. We haven't gotten that from Adis himself. When he was telling Bryce, like, Hela's at your command, like, let us know when to strike, and then Apollyon said that to her as well, Hunt asked Apollyon, like, did you also try to speak with Bryce? And Apollyon said, if I went into her mind, my brother would be very angry with me, which I was like, oh, weird. Like, I wonder why. Like, he has such a weird claim on Bryce. And I know Rigelis was pretending to be Aedis, but he says, hello, princess, the demon purred. The word with such intent, such delight, like he had some sort of claim on her. Mm -hmm. And so Rigelis was trying to pretend to be Aedis, And so I wonder if he knows something that... Rice doesn't about, like, the way Aedas feels. I don't know. But he also, like, it reminded me a lot of Resand. He said, it is your choice in the end. It has always been your choice.
1: I highlighted that quote because I was like, Resand literally said that to Feyre. I know. And so I was like, I don't know. And again, okay. So in my opinion, honestly, that passage was so good, but she literally ruined it by making it secretly be Rigelous. I know. Like, that could have been such good development between Adis and Bryce because, like, exactly. now all of that's fake. I know. It's not real.
0: So, I just still don't know what's going on with Adis and Bryce. Like, I think they're going to be allies for sure. Will they be mates? Probably not. I'm kind of leaning more towards Azriel at this point, but we'll see. Maybe I could be wrong about all of it and Hunt's going to pull through. But <laughs> on their relationship, so in Throne of Glass, the fae have this thing called Karanom. And basically, it's like a partnership. And so, let me pull up the exact, like, definition for you here. So, it's a bond that you have between two people, like a mating bond, but not. And it says, there's no way of telling until you try. And the bond is so rare that the majority of fae never meet someone who is compatible or whom they trust enough to test it out. There's always a threat that they could take too much and if they're unskilled, they could shatter your mind or could burn you out completely. So basically when you're a Karanom, it refers to a bond between two Fae that allows Fae to share their magic, which is a strong advantage in battle and to communicate almost telepathically, which is exactly what Bryce and Hunt have. Yeah. Which
1: it sounds like is still like a personal, like, connection but that's not and so
0: what I think because the mating bond you have to like forge it right like you have to accept it Mm -hmm. so like with a mating bond the bond of the Karanam does not require any involvement on either parts in the creation of it but the bonded Fae will be aware of the change and aware when the bond is used and so like at the beginning Bryce keeps saying like she can basically sense when Hunt's in a room based off of his power alone yeah and so, I think that they're Karanom. It also says that the bond is very similar to the mating bond, to the point where, like, sometimes you cannot tell the difference between a Karanom bond and a mating bond. It says in some cases, they can be both mates and Karanom, but it's very rare. And so, I think they're definitely that, because they have they can, like, power share, he can basically use her power, she can use his power and that and makes sense to me. Obviously their
1: bond is being described differently than mating bonds are normally described and I mm-hmm. think that again, Sarah, everything she writes is with intent and right. so I think she assumes that you would have that background info mm-hmm. already.
0: Yeah, and so Um, Yeah, on page 33, it says he'd only enter a room and she'd know if he was there by that surge of power in her body. Like her magic, her very blood answered to his. And it does. And it does. And then on page 352, Hunt channeled his power through Bryce, like a carinom. And then Rune said Bryce smelled different but could not immediately tell why. And I think that's because it was the power uh, or the scent of their powers combining instead of... yeah.
1: Because, like, his power is literally in her blood right then yeah. because it had just, like, gone through her, literally. Mm-hmm. No, you're yeah, stuck. and then Rigelus
0: is, like, talking about, like, the beacon and stuff, and um, Bryce was like, well, it, like, glows around Hunt, too, and it says it also glows for those who you choose as your loyal companions, knights.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: I think that's what Hunt is. Yeah. In conclusion.
1: Same as Cormac. Which I don't I mean, think he's just because woman. they
0: also wanted her to bond. They also wanted her to marry Cormac, too. Mm-hmm. And I bet he could possibly be a Karanam for her as well. I definitely think they're maybe not mates. Just they have a deep bond
1: as Karanam. I think you're right. And obviously they love each other. And we're not diminishing that. But like, it's not a mating bond. I don't think it's a mating bond. Um, I was just going to say like earlier, whenever we were talking about the Autumn King. Like, and this is so like tinfoil hat. Like, it's not, but you were like, what if he's super old? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and we also talked last episode about how it seemed like the orrery that he had was the same as Resan's. Right. But then the astronomer also said <clears throat> that someone in Avalon had crafted it. So A long maybe. time ago. Oh, so, yeah. like, 15,000 years ago. A long time ago.
0: Like, could it have been something that they saw in the night court and they crafted their own? Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know. It's just weird that, like, they're living in essentially, like, the same time frame in their two different timelines. And, yeah. like, they have both ended up with the exact same Ori.
1: Because, let's see. The Daglan would have been... Or what if, like, the Autumn King built
0: his based off of what was in, like, the Fae archives that was taken over from
1: Prithian? Well, that makes more sense to me. Because I was like... Because Rhysand built his yes, based off of what he found in his research from their Fae archives. And we also have talked about how we think that the library at least contains some of the same books. I'm not saying that, like, every single book has... That's the other thing that I don't get, though, is, like, how did the... I mean, if the library
0: just constantly moves, like, maybe it's not always, like, the exact same. Or, like, maybe it can exist in different places because how could the Book of... Well, they don't technically have the Book of Breathings because they threw it into the cauldron, which they threw into the
1: ocean. And so what if the cauldron itself, like... Should have the ability to open a rift. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I'm not positive. It's never said that the cauldron itself has opened a rift, but like, what if it did and sent the book of breathing? Like, I don't know. Because so either they time traveled or they're living in the exact same like time frame. I think that's I don't what's most know. confusing to me. Um, But the other thing I was going to say is like, we have so, like, such limited information on jessica as well um yeah like the underking didn't even know like she went by that name <laughs> yeah and it's like we know that she like swore her alliance to the underking and of course she's doing it to her own end it's not like she like wants. i to be think she underking. is spying
0: on the underking for atis now Ooh. that we know that the prince of hell now that we know that the Princes of Hell were allies and that the Underking works for the Asteri, mm-hmm. I think Adas had her defect from the witches because I also think the witches are trying to ally themselves with the Asteri. We haven't talked about the witches yet, but yeah. So- I have a whole thing on Lydia Servos. Um, before we hop into Lydia, and then we promise we'll wrap this up. Actually, no, deal with it. It's just going to be a long episode. Yeah, I'm not sorry. Um Wanted to touch briefly on Fury and also the mystics. So Fury says that she only knows that Danica is a bloodhound because she confronted her when they first met. She scented me and wanted to understand. Mm-hmm. So, what is Fury? What
1: I think is Fury?
0: what like I know that Asteri can't like reproduce. Because at first I was like, what if she's like an offspring of like an Asteri?
1: Do you think? Because, obviously, there are similarities between her and Amorin's, like, physical form, at least. Because even Bryce is like, that lady kind of looks like Fury.
0: Which, Amaranth's form is very similar to the form
1: in the day court. I guess I'm just not sure, because Amaranth is, like, in a high phase. We don't know
0: why Amaranth took that form,
1: either. (laughs) (laughs) She said she likes it. But where'd she get it? I don't know. And it's like, they make... They keep Fury bringing sound... it up. Yeah, and they make Fury sound like she's so obviously not, like, Linear. high fey, Or, like, you know, like the fae, like, um, as Midgard understands the fae.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But she's highly coveted by the Asteri. She can do something. And it's something... Same as Lydia, though. Secret. And I'm curious to to hear what you think about I have some, yeah I have some <clears throat> ideas does it have to do with the story she told Rune? yes yeah
0: yes it does <laughs> I figured it absolutely does it also has something else to do that's all I had on Fury. I don't know what she I is no one know knows what, what she to, is yeah and honestly start.
1: It's pissing me off at this and point. it
0: doesn't matter either um the mystics they are able to see other galaxies planets both present and future it sounds like Elaine's powers
1: it does I don't know where they got those from. If they're in the same time, okay. So, Elaine was given a power by the Cauldron rather than Nesta. Nesta took power.
0: Well, and it says Erd like chose the mystics. Mm-hmm. So, if Erd and the cu- the mother are the same
1: thing, then it's then like it a
0: that Cauldron that would be,
1: blessed gift. Yeah, it's just like a power that's given. So that makes sense that it would be like kind of at will. A blessing, if you will. Um, blessing. it is interesting that in order for the mystics to be able to use their powers in Midgard, they have to be in weird, like sciency tanks and shit. Because the Lane does not.
0: Yeah, the mystics are weird.
1: That's so I just don't a, really get that part.
0: That's actually a theory I
1: saw online, and I was like, "Yeah, I kind of like that." I have nothing else. Did it like differentiate them between? Like, from Elaine at all? I'm Not just like, really. why do they have to have all that extra? I guess maybe because they're they're seeing. Things I think it's so that they can read world. what
0: what they see. Like it was so that the astronomer could like
1: could basically control the environment. That's fair. And because also, Elaine was Elaine... also very confused when she gave her predictions, yeah. which I'm sure she wasn't seeing a lot of things that made sense, and she also. It seems only saw things that directly impacted their realm.
0: And when the mystics are asked a question. They have to they like, can travel. They have to work together. So maybe Elaine's like missing the other two mystics that she needs to like answer questions. Because it has to be a male, a female, and then a male and a female mm-hmm. for balance. I don't know. Maybe it's just similar talents. But they seem very similar. I don't know. So with Lydia, she has a lot going on that I'm weirded out about. So I want to start first with her family. So we know that her mom was Hecuba, the witch queen, and that her dad was a powerful stag shifter. So in the first book, it says that Avalon is ruled by the king stag. Mm. And she says that her family is a very influential one. So I was like, what if, like, her father is the king of, of, like, the high king of Avalon? Her mom was the queen of the witches, and no one knew anything about her sire. And so maybe it was like a secret, like, joining because they tried to see, like, what side she would go to. But then in her story, she talked of a witch. Um, She said, once upon a time, before Luda hunted the heavens, and souls warmed Kathona's body, before Ogenis blanketed Midgard with water and urn twined our fates together, there lived a young witch in a cottage deep in the woods. She was beautiful, blah, blah, blah. Um, Her mother had done her best to raise her, with only her companions being the denizens of the forest. She grew older, strong, and proud, but a wandering prince paused, by clearing one day when her mother was gone, beheld held her beauty and wanted her desperately to be his bride. She had no interest in the prince or any of his offerings. Um, what she wanted was a true heart to love her, to run wild with her through the forest, but the prince would not be denied. He chased her through the woods, her hounds falling. As she ran, she pleaded with the forest she loved so dearly to help her. So it did. First, it transformed her into a deer so she might be as swift as the wind, which she is a deer shifter. But his hounds outraced her, closing in swiftly. Then the forest turned her into a fish, and she fled down one of the mountain streams. But he built a ware at its base to trap her, so she became a bird, a hawk, and sword for the skies. But the prince was a skilled archer, and he fired one of his iron-tipped arrows. It struck her breast, and where her blood fell, olive trees sprouted. Her body hit the earth. The forest transformed her one last time. And then it says, "Um, when she does finally continue it. The forest transformed her into a monster with claws and fangs, and she ripped the prince to shreds. She remained a monster for a hundred years, roaming the forest, killing all who drew near. A hundred years, so long that she once forgot she was a witch who once possessed a home and a forest she loved. Uh, And then she finds her prince and whatever. But I think that story, I think initially it was about her. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like maybe she was once a witch. And so I think she's both like a witch and a shifter somehow because Baxian is an angel and a shifter. And so I think it can be done. And like three different times, they mentioned this silver torque around Lydia's throat. And so I think that the Asteri found out who she was and that torque is like somehow like controlling her powers Oh, like a
1: collar, almost. Which is something that happens in Throne of Glass as well. Okay. Well, something that you said, and of course, I'm not finished with Throne of Glass by any means, but something that you said about the stag... Which is a prevalent of, thing in Throne of Glass. Okay, because, yeah, like the stag is like, um in Tereson, where Selena is from, it is like the basically like the symbol that leads them home that like yeah home yes and i don't know where that's going yet because i'm only partially into the um the second book what i also thought was
0: weird was that she was said to resemble luna twice in this book lydia was so rune said she was a spitting image of luna and then someone later said that she was beautiful and cold as the statue of Luna. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, that's weird that she mentioned it twice now Um, about Luna, like, just being compared to her. I don't know if that's anything important. But um, she was also brought on well, to Sandra.
1: You're like, I don't know if that's anything important. Okay, so who else did Luna remind you of? Feyre. And so it's like, what if... What if um, Lydia is, like, also descended from the Dusk Court? Maybe. And then they all kind of, like, they take after Luna. I mean, because Feyre is also, I mean, they don't look exactly the same physically, but. So, I I think she actually takes after a character that
0: is in in a glass who I cannot oh, mention so okay or more she also looks like more because she has blonde hair and brown eyes you're right I don't know and do not don't know anything about truth. Moore's
1: powers so it's truth damn
0: it um but she was brought onto Sandriel's triary at a very young age and no one knows why and so I think yeah she's got like these incredible powers and the Asteri, like have and her on a leash basically she's Basically enslaved, but not publicly. Because Celestina even says, I know very well what manner of threat Lydia Servos poses.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the witches want her in power over Hypaxia. And I think it's because they know that she works for the Asteri and the witches are trying to ally with the Asteri.
1: Yeah, they're actively, which is like kind of bonkers. <laughs> Because their power is also draining
0: because, like, the witches in Throne of Glass, which this is not a spoiler, but they also draw their power from the land. Which makes sense.
1: There's so much that I don't know, just, like, kind of missing that, like, Throne of Glass Mm -hmm. piece. Um, I just thought her bedtime story was very strange. Yeah, I agree. I agree. When she was telling it, I was like, this is about her. What if she can shift into, like, multiple forms? Well, I was wondering because... That I mean, that's what happened in her story. And I mean, that would make sense that they would want to be able to kind of like prevent her from using her full powers, because that's very, I just don't know why else they would mention the torque literally so many times. Yeah, which I always got confused because they talked about the torque as like somehow symbolizing the fact that she killed people. I don't really understand. Like that. the
0: silver bullets on, well, because her dread wolves have like the silver bullets. Mm-hmm. And I think people just assume like she'd killed so many people that she had a silver necklace made.
1: Uh, okay. I see. But I mean, they
0: never said anything else about it. And so that's what I'm guessing.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I think it is, maybe it's like Gorsian stone or something. Maybe. Which I guess I guess it couldn't be because then all of her powers would be yeah she but be maybe it's, any powers. it's a similar like, no one's ever seen her shift either though yeah that's
0: true like they say she's a shifter but I don't know but the last thing is just the connection of mythology so we already talked about Diana and Luna being essentially the goddess Artemis. She um Sarah J. Mass also uses a lot of parallels to Greek gods and mythology. So Thanatos in um, Greek mythology is the god of dead. So he resides in the underworld with Hades. So the stars, this is interesting. So each of the stars are named after actual constellations. Um so I'll start with the first constellation, which is Orion. So Hunt's name is Orion. Orion is actually a very famous story in Greek mythology. Um, Orion was a hunter who was said to have been able to hunt any animal in existence. And he was also the lover of the goddess Artemis. They do not have a happy ending. So Bryce has Luna's horn. Ooh. And Luna is supposed to resemble the goddess Artemis.
1: Oh, and so, so I think it's mates.
0: foreshadowing Artemis and Orion, like their story on Bryce and Hunt. Then we'll talk about the star. So a star that is commonly seen with Orion the Hunter, the constellation, is Sirius, Ooh, who is a wolf star. or the dog. And that is the fallen star of fallen. the story.
1: Hunt's fallen as well.
0: Yes, he's a fallen angel. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Sirius is derived from the Greek word seros, which means glowing or scorching. And then we have Rigel, or Rigelus, um, and it is a blue supergiant star that is in the constellation of Orion. Oh. And it's also known as the bright star, and I was like, oh, weird. And he's the bright hand. Mm-hmm. And then we have Austerus, which I couldn't really find any similarities to that one, but I think it's supposed to be like Aural or Astral, like Astral. Okay, like stars. Um, then we have Eosphorus, which is the Greek name for the Morning Star or Dawn Bringer. Um, we have Hesperus, which is the Greek name for the Evening Star, and is historically the half brother of Eosphorus. Octardis is supposed to be Octanus, which is the South Star. Polaris is the North Star. Um, and so they all like are very popular constellations that you can typically see. I just thought it was weird that Rigel is like the brightest star in the constellation
1: of Orion, Mm -hmm. and Sirius is two stars that would be in the constellation of Orion, then. Mm -hmm.
0: Hmm. Um, and then we also have Apollyon, um, who is. Also known by that name in Greek history, also known as Abaddon, who is the angel of the abyss. Um, also associated with Satan, which makes sense. He is the prince of the pit. Mm-hmm. Um, And then in Greek mythology, we have the three fates, right? Who are the mother, the matron, and the crone, which are exactly like the three-faced goddess.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Who is also the mother, the matron, and the crone.
1: And that's in Throne of Glass,
0: correct? It's in Throne of Glass, but it's also who the witches worship in Crescent City. Gotcha. And okay. it's also what they assume the mother is, the cauldron, the mother in Akatar.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so I think the three-faced goddess is actually the goddess of fates. And basically she's like guiding each of our main characters Mm-hmm. like throughout this, I don't know. but um, yeah. the story of Orion the Hunter was definitely one that like caught my
1: eye. Yeah, especially because we're convinced that they're not truly mated.. Mm-hmm. Wow, that wraps up Crescent City for
0: now until Sarah graces us with some information on the third book. Hopefully it's coming relatively soon. If you want to go ahead and get started on our next full length episode, we are going to be covering Book Lovers by Emily Henry. So we're kind of switching gears.
1: <laughs> yeah, it'll be a, a major change in vibes. But um, we it's a really good book. It's super cute. A little rom-com. Um, a palate cleanser, if you will. After yes. this. <laughs> these long, long books that we've read. So next week, we will actually be doing a mini-sode of Goodreads Bad Reviews for the Crescent City Books and those should be interesting i'm sure people have some harsh opinions um i'm sure (laughs) because even we were a little harsher than normal in some aspects so go ahead get started on book lovers we'll talk to you then and as always let's get lit